The last time these two teams faced off, the Blue Jackets won in overtime, but this time it was Los Angeles coming out with a 4-0 start before finally Kirill Marchenko ruins their shutout bid and the Blue Jackets fall 4-1 to to the LA Kings. We're going to talk about that and more on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day, every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. If you want to hit subscribe over there, then uh, feel free to do so. It helps me out. It helps you out. Hit the little bell button underneath the video. Then you get notified when new episodes go live and everybody wins except for the Blue Jackets. Although, I guess, if you are considering getting closer and closer to Conor Bedard a win, then the Blue Jackets certainly won tonight. Uh, they fall 4-1 to to the LA Kings. Uh, pretty solid first period. Fell apart in the second period, four unanswered goals, one from Drew Doughty, one from Andre Kopitar, Victor Arvidsson, and Carl Grundstrom, uh, before Karol Marchenko ruins uh, goaltender Phoenix Copley's shutout bid, scores uh, 4-31 into the third period, makes it 4-1. That's his 17th of the season, uh, and his 19th point, which is still very, very funny. He continues his Cy Young bid. I would love to see Marchenko hit 20 goals on the season, and I mean, he's got plenty of time to do it, uh, but he was really the only Blue Jacket that kind of showed up tonight. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, Gaudreau, Line, and Jenna, I thought, all had uh, pretty good games. Um, but beyond that, just having a quick look, like, the defense was... Not great. Uh, Nick Blankenberg was even on the night, so he wasn't on the ice for any of the goals. Every other defenseman was on the ice for at least one. So that's kind of emblematic of how the season has been going. The defense just continues to leak goals. Um, And I got a tweet from someone. uh, I will see if I can pull it up. uh, Basically saying that... They're worried about uh, Tarasov's ceiling. Um, getting worried about Tarasov and his upside, not going to lie, from uh, at EP Light the Lamp. I'm not worried about Tarasov. This is, what, his 18th, 19th NHL game ever? Like, he's getting shelled because of a super leaky, terrible defense in front. Like, I'm not worried about Daniil Tarasov. Would I like his stats to be a little better? Sure. But I think he's doing the best he can under really bad circumstances. You know, um, although he was fine against the Sharks, uh, I think he probably could have been better tonight. uh, Ended up making 23 of 27 saves, which is not ideal, but could have been a lot worse because the Blue Jackets were just not good in this game. Uh, They got outshot 30 to 36. They got out face off 60% to 40%. Uh, they didn't allow any power play goals, which is great. Their streak of power plays ended at uh, six games, I believe. But just, I don't know, man. Looking at the 
on on natural stat trick they have these like heat maps so you can see uh where the shots are coming from and like if you look at LA, so it's just a big flashing red mark directly in front of the goalie. Um, and I feel like you want to keep players out of there. Like, I'm not I'm not an expert or anything, but I do feel like that is uh, somewhere you don't want the other team to be. Um, Daniil Tarasov would end up uh, making eight of his ten high-danger saves. Uh, five of his six mid-danger saves and uh, 10 of 11 low-danger saves. Like, I don't know what you want from him. Uh, Okay, maybe one goal that you would want back. Like, I feel like he's doing about as much as you can ask of him, frankly. Um, I will say Michael Hutchinson uh, stood up in in net after Tarasov was pulled. He didn't allow a goal in the, I think, 26 minutes that he played uh, after allowing four goals against um, St. Louis, or five goals against St. Louis. No, four goals, one was empty there. Um, But my point still stands. I thought Hutchinson was was fine. Um, Overall, not a great game. Uh, I've seen worse games from the Blue Jackets. Uh, but I have also definitely seen better. Um, in a minute, we're going to take a, qu- uh, a deeper look into the Blue Jackets on ice performance, who was good, who was bad, uh, more so than the just the basic stats on NHL uh, could uh, indicate. But first, I've got to tell you about FanDuel, because uh, if you'd listened to me yesterday and put money on the Blue Jackets winning and Patrick Lyon scoring a goal, you would have lost some money. But good news. At FanDuel, new customers get a no-sweat first bet. So if you'd made that bet, you would have gone up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet didn't, didn't win. So that's super great. Uh, FanDuel, the sportsbook app, is safe, secure, super easy to use. You bet everything from money line to point scorers, uh, goal scorers, the over-under in goals. Um, you really should have picked the over against the Sharks the other night. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, uh, and also us, the Locked On Podcast Network. So I wanted to kind of take a look at uh, my my favorite website natural stat trick uh, we talked a little bit about the goalies earlier and uh about um Daniel Tarasov allowing one goal uh lo- one low danger goal one mid danger goal and two high danger goals which honestly I feel like is pretty is pretty okay um this was kind of a rough possession game um the best defenseman was Tim Burney in terms of uh like providing offense uh or uh, in terms of a a positive differential uh he was on the ice for 18 for 15 against uh the best defenseman for providing offense hilariously was eric branson um he was also the second worst at suppressing uh offense so he was on the ice for 23 shot attempts for and 23 against uh, the only player to be on the ice for more than that was Nick Blankenberg, who was on the ice for 26 shot attempts against. Not a very good night from Blankenberg. Um, he was not on the ice for any goals for or against. 
Uh, Branson was only on the ice for one goal against. Uh, Adam Boquist had a really rough night. Uh, he was on the ice for seven shot attempts for 21 against, and uh, he was on the ice for three of the four Kings goals, as well as being on the ice for the Karel Marchenko goal. Uh, Gavin Bayreuther got the assist on that, I think, which is fun. Uh, he's got three assists in his last two games now, uh, which is, you know, you're you're seeing positive things happening there. Um, Gavin Beru that I believe had the least ice time of the defenseman. Uh, I guess Tim Bernie's not in the doghouse anymore, but for the most part, it was a pretty even, um, even spread of offense, uh, or of defense, excuse me. Um, Peak led the way with 22-24, Cabranson with 21-16. Uh, the lowest ice time was, again, Gavin Berrutha with 16-25. So there was a, a six-ish minute uh, gap between the most and the least, which seems acceptable to me, considering in the past we've had, you know, players like Eric Cabranson playing 27 minutes and players like Tim Bernie playing 12 minutes. This feels like a much more acceptable uh, spread of numbers. Um Great to see Cole Sillinger getting a little bit more ice time. Um, Ken Johnson's kind of still hovering around that 15-minute mark. Say with Marchenko, he's at 16. I would have liked to see a little bit more ice time from those guys. But good to see Johnny Gaudreau uh, getting back up to his usual. I feel like he's had a couple of games where he's kind of dipped a little bit. Uh, but he got 18-25. Uh, was on the ice for 24 attempts for 22 against. So uh, pretty, pretty good uh, performance from... Johnny Gaudreau, not as good against the Sharks. Obviously, that five-point uh, performance was uh, maybe one of his best games here, but I'm not worried about Johnny Gaudreau. You know, Johnny Gaudreau is going to show up when it matters. Um, and frankly, a game against the LA Kings in March when you're out of the playoffs, is it is what it is. Like, I'm not... I was pleasantly surprised by the win over the Sharks. I'm completely unsurprised by this loss to the... Um, to the LA Kings. The interesting game is going to be tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks, who are currently sitting 30th in the league. Uh, they are tied for points uh, with Chicago, who uh, won last night against Nashville, which you love to see that. Not specifically Chicago winning, but a team that is 29th in the league winning. Um, the Anaheim Ducks are sitting on 54 points versus the Blue Jackets, 49. So they're five points ahead. Um, but it could be an interesting game, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute on Locked on Blue Jackets. So we need to talk about the Ducks, because the last time these two teams played, the Blue Jackets, I feel like, had a 3 nothing lead after the first period, and then they just let Anaheim come out and score five unanswered goals, which is, frankly, unacceptable. Um, I don't know what went wrong in that game, apart from the fact that they maybe thought, oh, hey, the Ducks are real bad, we've scored three goals, let's stop trying. If that happens again, then we're going to face another loss. Um, the Blue Jackets are dead last in the NHL, Again, still, always, um, the team stats have dropped. They're 27th on the power play, 20th on the penalty kill, 23rd in face-offs. Uh, they are beating the Ducks in uh, all of those categories, actually. Uh, the Ducks are 
real bad. I did not realize how bad the Ducks were doing. They are 31st in the power play. They are 29th on the penalty kill. So if the Blue Jackets want a chance to kind of up their stats on either of those uh, special teams, then maybe this is the game to do so. 28th in face-off percentage. Uh, they are 31st in goals for per game and 32nd in goals against per game versus the Blue Jackets being 29th and 30th respectively. So this could be a game that the Blue Jackets uh, win semi-convincingly. Um, I would, like, I'm kind of, again, in a weird spot where I always want the Blue Jackets to win, but I'm not super upset if they lose. Uh, I think if they win this game, then it's going to cost them valuable points in the Bedard sweepstakes. Like, if they have to win another game on this trip, I would prefer them to be, like, Vegas or someone apart, you know, someone far uh, above them in the in the standings. Uh, this game against Anaheim is the last of the kind of the bottom feeder games that the Blue Jackets have. They have, I think, a game against Philadelphia, a game against Montreal uh, left, but they're done with San Jose. They're done with Chicago. They're done with Arizona. They're done with Vancouver. So, you know, this is a really great point in time for them to be like, hey, what if what if we lose this game? Let the Ducks take some points and uh, increase our odds for Bedard. Um in terms of Anaheim players to watch out for, like Trevor Zegers is always dangerous. Uh, he had kind of a slow-ish start to the season, but he's up 57 points in 68 games, leading the team. He's got 21 goals, which I believe also leads the team. Uh, Mason McTavish having a pretty decent rookie season. He's at 40 points. Uh, Troy Terry, always dangerous. Uh, I don't know. The, the Ducks have got some guys that could put up points. Uh, their goaltending is kind of doing the same as the Blue Jackets, which is John Gibson is trying his absolute hardest and it's not good enough. He still has a 901 save percentage, but when he's uh, facing, God, he's faced 1,749 shots against this season, which I'm just going to go ahead and do some quick math to see. Uh, He's played 47 games. So 1749 divided by 17 is... Divided by four, I don't need to divide by. I need to divide them by forty-seven. He's facing an average of thirty-eight shots a game. Like I'm surprised that he hasn't just crumbled into dust. Uh, I would expect to see John Gibson against the Blue Jackets tomorrow night, and I would expect him to make the Blue Jackets' life very difficult. Um, but I don't know, man. The the Ducks are what they are. It's like the Blue Jackets are what they are. Um, Cam Fowler's got six assists in his last five games. Kevin Shattenkirk's got two. He's leading the um, goals in the last five. He has two goals in this last five games, and apparently that's the most that anyone on the Ducks has. So, like, it's been real rough for the Ducks. Uh, Blue Jackets, obviously, Gaudreau has eight points in his last five games. Line has four goals in his last five games. Um, man, it's just, this might be a worse game than Blue Jackets Sharks. Um, I think the Ducks are a worse team than the Sharks for a variety of reasons. Uh, I think the Blue Jackets are probably, again, they are what they are, but this could be another one of those games where it's either going to be like one nothing or 2-1 because no no one on these teams knows how to score, or it's going to be another like 7-6, 6-5 game because no one on this team knows how to do any kind of defense or goaltending, apparently. Um in terms of goaltending, I would expect to see Hutchinson. Uh, Tarasov's had two games in a row and has allowed <clears throat> and has allowed nine goals in those games. Has he played badly? No, I don't think so. But I think probably in the interests of kind of 
goalie development and keeping him semi-happy, probably it is best to go with Hutchinson in this game. Uh, Hutchinson has not been great for the Blue Jackets either, but like I said, the the Blue Jackets are what they are. This is not on Tarasov. Uh, It's not on the goaltending at all, really. Um, Hutchinson has played in four games. He started two of them. He's got a loss and an overtime loss on his record. He's allowed 10 goals on 88 shots. Um, and so again, he's, uh, he's, uh, only facing an average of like 22 shots a game, but he, I believe two of those were, um, coming in in relief or he started and got pulled for Tarasov. So he's really only played like three full games. So he's facing on average around about just under 30 shots a game. So, you know, he's facing way less rubber than, uh, John Gibson. I don't know if anyone in the NHL is facing more rubber. Than, than John Gibson, but it could be, I don't know, it could get, it could get interesting, um, but I'm not holding my breath for this to be a fantastic, amazing game of skilled plays. I think it's going to be another nonsense game with another really stupid overtime win, or I'm not going to speak that into the world, another stupid goal, uh, game-winning goal. I don't want more overtime. Uh, once was, once was enough. Do not give the Ducks uh, a, well, you can give the Ducks a loser point if you want, I guess. Um, Either it, I'm, I'm back to either win the game full stop or lose in regulation. Like, don't do none of this, like, overtime loss. Like, leave that to the Sharks. The Sharks love to lose in overtime, and we'll uh, we'll leave them to it. But that's kind of all I've got for today. Uh, tomorrow is Saturday, so no new episode. Monday, we'll talk about the Ducks game at the weekend. We'll probably talk about the Golden Knights game, because I believe that's Sunday night. And uh, hopefully we'll have something more fun to talk about than the Blue Jackets getting shelled by the LA Kings, who are kind of one of the dark horses for the playoffs this season. And, you know, I don't think they'll contend for a Stanley Cup, but I think they could maybe surprise a team or two. Um, So, you know, no shame in losing to a team that is better than you. If they lose to the Ducks, then we may have some words. But again, if they lose to the Ducks, then Conor Bedard gets closer and closer. So it is win-win, win-win-win. for basically everyone. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't hit done so already, please hit the subscribe button over on YouTube. If you hit the little bell button underneath this video, you get notified when new episodes go live, which is great. It helps me out. It helps you out. Everybody wins. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jacket. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.